Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. And they'll think to themselves, oh, Bob is interested in investing. Well, I know Bob's really smart. He's a fiscally responsible guy, so I'll definitely take a look at this. So it's the concept of social credibility. We're more likely to buy something, to do something, that someone else that we know has already bought or done. Isn't it just the best when a software comes out that makes your life easier, makes you more money, and by the way, it's free? Well, welcome to Stessa, today's best ever sponsor. Stessa is a smarter income and expense tracking software for property owners. It allows you to track, manage, and communicate the performance of your real estate assets. So basically, it helps you make more money by looking at your properties in one dashboard. It's a beautiful dashboard, by the way. And it shows you the KPIs, the key performance indicators that you care about. What's the value? How much cash flow are you getting? What's the debt that you have on the properties? What are you bringing in monthly? What are you bringing in annually? And it allows you to have a quick snapshot, not only of your properties, but also come tax time, it's a breeze because you can scan receipts and invoices directly from the phone app and Stessa will automatically read and categorize them for you. No more data entry. It's been talked about in Forbes, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and all it takes is just a few minutes to add your properties, link the accounts, and everything updates in real time. Without Stessa, I was looking at my portfolio on an infrequent basis. I'm talking about my single-family home portfolio. I got three single-family homes, and I didn't realize that I had trapped equity. But if I was looking at it from a dashboard that Stessa has, then I would have realized that, hey, I got a portfolio value of X, and I've got debt on it of Y. Holy cow, look at all this trapped equity. I'm missing out. And with Stessa, that won't happen. So go to stessa.com forward slash best ever. And it's free. It's free. Stessa.com forward slash best ever. There needed to be a resource on apartment syndication that not only talked about each aspect of the syndication process, but how to actually do each of the things and go into it in detail. And we thought, hey, why not make it free too? That's why we launched Syndication School and Theo Hicks will go through a particular aspect of apartment syndication on today's episode and get into the details of how to do that particular thing. Enjoy this episode. And for more on apartment syndication and how to do things, go to apartmentsyndication.com 
or to learn more about the Apartment Syndication School, go to syndicationschool.com so you can listen to all the previous episodes. Hi, guys, ever listeners. Welcome back to another episode of the Syndication School series, a free resource focused on the how-tos of apartment syndication. As always, I'm your host, Theo Hicks. So each week, we air a podcast series about a specific aspect of the apartment syndication investment strategy. And for the majority of these series, we will offer a document or spreadsheet or some sort of resource for you to download for free. All of these free documents, as well as the past Syndication School series, can be found at syndicationschool.com. This episode is going to be a continuation of a what will likely be a six-part series entitled How to Raise Capital from Passive Investors. So, in part one, you learn how to determine your current mindset towards raising money, as well as how to overcome any fears or limiting beliefs you have about raising money, as well as why someone will actually invest with you. In part two, you learn the differences between the joint venture and syndication strategy, as well as the differences between the two main apartment syndication offerings, which are the 506B and the 506C. And then yesterday, in part three, you learned three ways to find people to invest in your farm syndications. And those were thought leadership platform, bigger pockets, and meetup groups. This is part four, and we are going to continue to discuss various ways to find people to invest in your apartment syndications. We did three yesterday, and we have nine more to go. So hopefully we'll cover all those. If not, we will continue the series next week with the remaining ways of how to find the passive investors, as well as start the discussion on what to actually say to these investors once you have found them. So let's jump right into it. Number four, the fourth way to find passive investors is going to be through volunteering. So a strategy that has way more benefits than just obviously you raising money would be for you to find a nonprofit that aligns with your values and interests, and then you go there and volunteer. So the ways to do this, you might have a charity or nonprofit in mind already, but there are a lot of good resources online that list out the charities in your local area. It's as simple as Googling a couple of things you're interested in with the word volunteering at the end. So hospice volunteering, or young entrepreneurs volunteering, or nonprofits. And finding some sort of nonprofit to actually go volunteer. And the process of volunteering there might be different. I know Joe had to go through a couple of trainings first before he did his hospice. I volunteered back when I was in Cincinnati for a, a nonprofit and I had to do like a background check and things like that. So there might be some hoops to jump through, but the primary goal of volunteering is obviously to give back. So to contribute to your local community. But your secondary goal is going to be to get on the board of the nonprofit. Again, longer-term strategy. You're not going to work there for three months and then get on the board. But the reason why you want to get on the board is because of the relationships you're going to form with the board members. Because if you listen to yesterday's podcast, all these strategies are about building trusting relationships with people. And if you are able to build trusting relationships with these board members... These board members are likely going to be affluent, which means that they are themselves a high net worth individual, and they know other people who are high net worth individuals. So once you're on the board, your goal is to genuinely form a relationship with this person outside of volunteering with them. 
So you want to truly bond with these board members. Personally, talk about your family and things outside of just work and actually volunteering. And also, you can use the same approach for people that are volunteering there as well. But you're doing this without expecting anything in return. So you can't go in with the idea that you're going to build a personal relationship with them for six months and they're going to invest with you because... Number one, that's not genuine. Number two, if you do that and they don't invest after six months, then you're probably going to get angry and ruin the relationship. And that is proof that it wasn't genuine in the first place. So you want to do this slowly and organically over time. And heck, if you've got time, you could repeat this for multiple charities. So if you start looking into charities and you know, there's two or three that you're really interested in doing, then just do them all. But I start with one and then kind of grow from there. And again, the primary goal is to give back and to contribute. The secondary goal is to get on the board because these board members likely have a lot of money and will ideally invest in your deals eventually. And I guess one more thing about this and really any other conversation you're having with other people, and we'll get into this a little bit next week, but you want it to be an organic transition to talking about investing. So you don't want the first board meeting you go to have an item on the agenda where you get to talk about your real estate business. Now you build a personal relationship first, and then they'll naturally transition to them talking about their business goals, their financial goals, and then you can learn about what they're investing in and how much the return is, and then that's when you can mention what you're doing. So let them bring it up. So that's number four is going to be volunteering. Number five is going to be referrals. So again, this is not something that's going to happen instantaneously, although it's possible. But you're going to follow one of these 12 strategies I'm talking about and find an individual to invest in your deal. And then they invest in your deal and you are able to provide them with the returns you projected. Or ideally, you're able to exceed those returns. And they're so happy with your performance that they mention to five of their friends about how great of a syndicator you are and how you're making them all this money. And then those people become interested and their friend directs them to the landing page on your website. They fill it out and you have a conversation with them. And then boom, you've got a few more investors added to your list. So referrals is going to be a huge source of of new investors, especially once you are established. So, you know, all this work you're putting in now is in order for you to get that snowball effect. Whereas eventually the momentum of all of your previous work will allow you to have referrals begin pour in and then you won't have to spend as much time focusing on how to find more investors rather on how to cultivate the relationships we have with existing investors. And ideally you get to the point where you've got so many investors that when you send out a new deal, you've got the commitments filled up within a week and you've got a very long wait list of people who want to invest in that deal because then that will allow you to start to increase the number of deals that you can do as well as the frequency at which you do these deals. So number five is referrals. That's going to be big once you're established and have done a few deals. Number six is going to be advertising. And again, this is something that you're going to want to talk to your attorney about because there are going to be restrictions on the type of advertisements you can do for the 506B offering. Whereas for the 506C, I don't think there's really anything. You can advertise as much as you want, but make sure you consult with your attorney first and figure out which offering you're going to do and then figure out what type of advertising you can do. But for 506C in particular, you are allowed to advertise your deals. So if you have a deal under contract or you've identified a deal 
and you don't have enough passive investors yet or enough verbal commitments yet, then you can create a targeted Facebook ad or you can put an advertisement in the newspaper or you can become a sponsor on someone else's thought leadership platform or, or newsletter. Really any marketing strategy or advertising strategy that you would use to attract a customer, you can figure out a way to use that for your apartment syndication deal and raise money. But again, for any advertisement before you actually create it, make sure you consult with your attorney first to make sure you are in line with securities law. So that's number six. Number seven is going to be your current network. So for your first deal, and maybe your first few deals after that, the majority, if not all, of your investors will be people you already know. So these are people that you've known for at least a couple of years. So something that you're going to want to do at this stage in the process is do a formal analysis of your current network in order to determine if anyone in your current network is a prospective passive investor. So again, this will depend on whether you're doing 506C or 506B, because if you're doing 506C, you can only attract accredited investors. But if you're doing 506B, then you can attract sophisticated investors that you have a pre-existing relationship with. So more than likely, and again, consult with your attorney first, but more than likely, your first deal is going to be that 506B, where you are raising money from sophisticated investors that you have a pre-existing relationship with. In order to do so, here is a process for formally analyzing your current network, the purpose of getting them interested in investing in your deal. So this is before you even have a deal, because right now in the syndication school series, we haven't even talked about finding deals yet. So this is before you have a deal. Step one is to create a list of all of your personal connections. It's really anyone that you've known for at least a couple of years. So anyone at work, anyone in your family, any friends, any extracurricular activity that you do. So this could be your volunteering. This could be if you play on a flag football team or if you play pickup basketball, people you know from the gym, artists and people at work, but also previous jobs. These could be people you went to college with, people you went to high school with. Really anyone that you can think of that you had a relationship with for more than two years, write them down. So maybe it'll help by going to Facebook and going to your friends list and starting there and then maybe going to LinkedIn next and seeing all of your business connections and creating a list there. So create an exhaustive list in Excel of all of the people that you know. The next step is going to be to categorize these individuals based on how you know them. So you have a category for family. You have a category for friends, but it should be more specific than friends. So you have a category for Cincinnati friends and a category for college friends and then a category for previous roommates and then a category for people you know from your first job, your second job, your third job. You get the idea. Put every single person on that list into a category. And that could be a few categories or that could be 20 categories. It doesn't really matter. The more categories, the better, because that means you know more people. And once you've got them broken into categories, the goal is to get one person from each category to say, yes, I'm interested in investing or yes, I'm interested in learning more. And again, I will mention how to get them to say this next week. But once they've done that, then with their permission, you want to name drop that person to others within that category. So for example, you've got your work colleagues and let's say you get Bob to become interested in investing. Then you can go to Billy and I'll tell you exactly what to say, but you'll name drop Bob and say Bob's interested in investing. 
And then they'll think to themselves, oh, Bob is interested in investing. Well, I know Bob's really smart. He's a fiscally responsible guy. So I'll definitely take a look at this. So it's the concept of social credibility. We're more likely to buy something to do something that someone else that we know has already bought or done. So we want to leverage this concept in order to get others in that category to become interested in investing in our deals. So for Joe's first deal as an example, he raised $843,000 from 12 different people. And these are people that he's known for two to 10 years. And none of them were actually family members, which is quite impressive. So three were colleagues from his advertising days. So people that he worked with through advertising. Two were from the Texas Tech Alumni Advisory Board. So Joe was on the advisory board of the Texas Tech Alumni Association. Two of them were actually friends of his brothers. So they don't necessarily have to be... Well, I'm sure Joe knew these people since he grew up with them. He also had a college roommate and then someone that he lived with after college and best in his deal, as well as two high school friends and then one person from his flag football team. Now, this is what you will do starting out, but it doesn't necessarily have to be people that you know directly. Another strategy is to tap into the current network of your friends and family. A really good example of this is one of Joe's clients was able to raise $1 million for their first deal, and $350,000 of that came from his wife's network, which naturally transitions into number eight way to find passive investors, which is to build relationships as a couple. So Joe's client was able to build a relationship with multiple couples that his wife knew, so together a tag team, so to speak, the conversation with their people in his wife's network and doing so they're able to get verbal commitments and then actual commitments of over $350,000. Now the reason why this is a great way to find passive investors is because building relationships as a couple will add an extra dimension to the relationship. So you're able to establish trust quicker and the bond is stronger because not only are you forming a relationship with the husband or wife, but your husband or wife is also forming a relationship with both of them, but more likely their significant other. So for example, if me and my wife were reaching out to people, maybe through her work, we would speak with them, eat dinner with them, and naturally transition to conversation would transition into investing. And since my wife already knows them really well, that gives me an extra level of credibility as opposed to me approaching them and them not really knowing who I actually am. So when you're working with your significant other, and whether they're already friends or even if they're not friends already, they're more likely to invest. A different example would be if I start to get interest from people in Tampa and I start meeting with them in person rather than me just meeting with Billy one-on-one. I say, hey, Billy, do you and your wife want to go get dinner with me and my wife? So me and Billy become friends. Our wives become friends, and now we have a more trusting relationship, and they're more likely to invest. So examples of these, as I said, could be dinner, but it could also be something as fast as drinks. And then as you build a stronger relationship, you can actually do weekends away together. So a trip to a lake house, or a trip to Las Vegas, or a trip to a real estate conference. Really depends. So this is a, a pretty unique strategy. And again, all of these strategies take a lot of time. And this particular strategy, you need to have a significant other to actually do this. But 
I guess I don't see why you couldn't do it with a really close friend too, but I think this would work much better with a significant other. So that's number eight. Number nine is going to be to partner. So this is kind of a hack where you don't necessarily have to find passive investors. You just have to find someone to find passive investors on your behalf. So this is what I did. I partnered with someone who focuses 100% on raising money and nothing else while I focus on everything else. So I don't have to really implement any of these strategies. I do have to keep an eye out for obviously potential passive investors and then send their contact information to my partner. But I don't have to focus on money raising strategies because I've got someone else to do it with me. Additionally, it doesn't necessarily have to be a business partner, but you could also partner with a real estate brokerage or a property management company or a mortgage brokerage, and they could invest themselves or they could also raise money. So during my conversations with various real estate brokerages, and I don't think I found any property management companies, but definitely real estate brokerages and definitely mortgage brokers, who I obviously was talking to them with the purpose of for the real estate brokers to help them find me deals and for the mortgage broker and have them help me secure debt for deals. But I did come across maybe two brokers and one mortgage broker who also said that they have a money raising arm so they can actually help me raise money for my deals. What's great about that is there's also an extra level of alignment of interest because someone who has an active involvement in the deal besides you is also putting their money in the deal. So the mortgage broker is investing in the deal. The real estate broker who found the deal is investing in the deal. Alignment of interest between your team and your investors. And then, of course, they themselves might actually invest their own capital in the deal or they themselves might have some sort of discounted rate in order for an equity stake in the deal. So that might help you raise some money, but it really depends on the actual structure. Because if you're just giving away equity, then of course, that's not helping you reach your your funding goal. But if they're going to bring money into the deal, whether through their company or they themselves personally, that is another great way to actually raise capital. And then going back to the partner with a money raising expert, there are a lot of people out there who could potentially sponsor your deal. And they can do more than just raise money for the deal, but that'll just be one particular aspect of the services that they offer. So it doesn't have to be someone that you partner up with and you guys do it for every single deal. It could be a one-off thing where for your first deal or two-off thing, first two deals, you can find someone to find one of these sponsors who can help you raise money. And then once you kind of establish yourself and you're able to start getting investors yourselves, you can go on your own. So that's number nine, partner. Number 10 is a mentorship. So when you get a mentorship, and again, this is a paid consultant who is an active apartment syndicator and obviously successful as well, because the one, they can actually teach you how to raise capital. So they can do what I'm doing, which is tell you how to do it. But then since you're a mentor, they can kind of walk you through the process in more detail and make it more personalized to you since you're having a back and forth face-to-face conversation. Then they may also bring you on the GP side of their own deals. And in that case, you can raise money for their deals, but that's good because you don't need to raise 100% of the funds. So if it's a $10 million raise, obviously you can't do that yourself, so you won't be able to do the deal. But if they bring you on the GP, then maybe you'll have to raise a couple hundred thousand dollars for the first deal, maybe a couple hundred thousand dollars more for the second deal. That way you can implement your learnings without having to wait to actually execute a money raise until you've got 
verbal commitments of five, ten million dollars. You can do it once you've got fifty grand, or maybe even one investor. Maybe they'll just let you be the GP for one investor. And of course, they will also likely have connections to help you raise money for your deal. So they'll know a business partner you can go with, a sponsor, or they themselves will sponsor the deal, or they can allow you to tap into their network of, of actual passive investors to fund your deals. Of course, likely for a cut of the profits. Number 11 is going to be having alignment of interests. So structuring your deals to maximize alignment of interest with your passive investors will result in them more likely investing in your deal. And alignment of interest basically means that, of course, your investors' interests are to make money. But if you or your team members don't have any skin in the game, then the interests aren't really aligned because you don't make money the same way that they make money or your team members don't make money the same way that your passive investors make money. So you want to have an alignment of interest where all parties' ways of making money are aligned or ways of losing money are also aligned. And I want to go over the alignment of interest in the next week's episode because this is going to be a strategy for overcoming objections that passive investors have. And they're going to have objections. They're not just going to just give you their money without any pressure or pushback. But we're going to talk about how to overcome these objections, especially when it's your first few deals. And number 12, lastly, this is kind of a combination of different strategies, but it's to be creative. So think of creative ways to build relationships with high net worth individuals or ways to create relationships with people who are interested in passively investing in deals. And here are just a few examples of what Joe does. So number one, he will host a board game night with the local investors. So very simple, just investors playing board games at his house for a few hours and getting to know each other better. He also traveled the country in 2018 and hosted happy hours for investors. So obviously he's meeting with the investors that are local to him because that's pretty easy, but in order to meet face-to-face with investors out of state, this was a strategy. He scheduled a night where he'd have a happy hour and he'd fly out there and all the investors would come to the bar and they'd all hang out and drink together. Joe also sends out monthly newsletters to his list of current and prospective investors. So anyone who's on his email list will get a newsletter every month. So of course, the people investing in his deals get updates on the deals every month. And then whenever he has a new deal, that gets sent out to the email list. But additionally, anyone on that email list, whether they're an investor or not, will receive a newsletter. That again, is actually something that we will publish interviews with other passive investors just to kind of explain to people what it's like to be a passive investor from the eyes of an actual passive investor. Joe also has a passive investor FAQ page on the website. So essentially, it's a page that will walk someone who has no idea what passive investing is to figure out whether that's a good strategy for them. If it is, what should they invest in? And then if they choose to invest in apartment syndications, here's everything you need to know about passively investing in apartment syndications. And then we're actually going to use that content as well as feedback we've received from investors, as well as more in-depth research to create a passive investor handbook in 2019. So that's going to be our book for 2019. So these are, again, just kind of creative ways, specific and unique to Joe, for how he builds relationships with these prospective passive investors. So for you, you will want to come up with your own creative ways 
ways that aren't on this list and implement those. And of course, it's going to be trial and error and you will learn what works and what doesn't work as you progress through your career. But the more creative you are, the more personal it's going to be and the more trust that you're going to build because it's going to be authentic and real. So those are the 12 ways to find passive investors. In this episode, we went through nine. In last episode, we went through three for a total of 12. Now, we're going to provide you with a free resource with this series, and that's going to be the Money Raising Tracker, which is a spreadsheet which allows you to input as you find these people and begin to have conversation with them, which we'll go over in next week's series. You'll want to input that information into your money raising tracker so that you know how much money you have in verbal commitments, which if you remember from the series about setting goals, you need to know how much money you're capable of raising to set your 12-month goal and in order to know how much real estate you can actually syndicate. So to download that document, syndicationschool.com or in the show notes of any of the parts of this series. This concludes part four, and in parts three and four combined, we learned the 12 ways to find passive investors. In this particular episode, we talked about volunteering, referrals, advertising, tapping into your current network, building a relationship as a couple, partnering, mentorship, having alignment of interests, and getting creative. So in parts five and six, You're going to learn how to communicate with these prospective investors once they are found, as well as an exhaustive list of all of the objections and potential questions to expect from passive investors and their objection, how to overcome them, if it's a question, how to actually answer them. So to listen to parts one through three, as well as the other syndication school series about the how-tos of apartment syndications, And to download your free money-raising tracker, visit syndicationschool.com. Thank you for listening, and I will talk to you next week. Finally, there's a simple way to track rental performance. Stessa, our best-ever sponsor, lets real estate investors track, manage, and communicate the performance of our real estate portfolios for free. Go to stessa.com forward slash best-ever. You'll always know how your properties are performing with this dashboard. It's a beautiful-looking dashboard. And it will help you save time with smarter income and expense tracking. You don't have to do any more data entry. Just upload the stuff directly from your phone. It tracks it in real time. Get organized for tax time with tax-ready financials so you can download them instantly. This thing was built by investors for real estate investors. It's been featured in all the publications you can think of. To get set up with your free account, just add your properties, link your accounts, and everything else updates in real time. Stessa.com forward slash best ever. S-T-E-S-S-A dot com forward slash best ever to get started. What if you could earn 10000 per month net cash flow for life? Now you can at the Residential Assisted Living Academy. Gene Corino teaches you how to take a single family house and turn it into a cash flow machine. Visit RALacademy.com to learn more.